mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Burt to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to the LM Experience. It's episode 66 today, Martin. 66, 1966, eh? That was a great year. Yeah, yeah, what happened? We keep talking about Um, (laughs) it. How are you, Stu? You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Good stuff. Not too bad, cooling off. Cooling off ever so slightly. Um, we've got an industry beard with us. The, probably one of the greatest beards in, in the industry. In which context are you talking about that? Uh, facial. Okay. Um, to get that clarified early on. Uh, <laughs> we've got we've got Lewis Shaw, the owner of Shaw Financial Services. Good morning, Lewis. How are you? Good morning, Martin. I'm well, thank you. You're well? Yeah, very good. Good, you, good very beard. Good. Thank you very much. Did you enter our beard competition a year or so ago? I did. I, I lost to Ian Hewitt. Well, everyone loses I, I, to Ian. Let's be honest. Happen, yeah. If you're going to lose, you lose to, yeah, you lose yeah, to Ian, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't um, feel too sorry. I, I, I didn't smart because it was a, a fair it's it was a fair, a fair victor. A fair yeah. result. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look, thanks. You've travelled all the way down from, I don't know, is it Mansfield? So, Chesterfield? So, yeah. So, that, so I, work in Mans, uh, I work in Mansfield, but the best train line to, to jump down to London is ordinarily Chesterfield, although today with everything going off with Melting the trains, tracks, yeah. Yeah, so the, the train from Chesterfield to St Pancras was cancelled, which meant, thankfully, the kind lady at the uh, the ticket office gave me a, an actual thing, said, look, you can get there, but you're going to have to go around the houses. So I went from Chesterfield to Derby, then jumped on a bit of a daisy train from Derby to Tamworth, uh, then Tamworth to Euston. It's a bit of a planes, trains, and automobiles. That's dedication. You uh, think. That is such is the draw, Stu, of <laughs> the LM experience. So listen, uh, Lewis, we really appreciate this. Clarify, we don't we don't pay expenses. Get that in early. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but listen, look, what's your story, uh, Lewis? We always like to start off with um, you know finding out about where you're from originally. Um, you know how you ended up uh, in 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 Broken. What was your journey like? Where are you sure. going to start? Uh, well, start at the beginning, I guess. So I was born in a small mining town um, that was kind of ravaged by Thatcher. Um, oh, he's so gone. He's straight, gone straight, in on the politics. In, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so quite a quite a, a deprived area. Um, what, 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 which town was that? It's a village called Shybrook. Oh, okay. it's, it's famous for uh, Mike Ashley uh, and Sports Direct. Oh, okay. I don't know if we can say that or not, but you know the kind of all that yeah, yeah. goes along with it. Yeah. So um, that's where I came from. Um, went to school. Uh, when I finished school, uh, A levels, what have you, uh, joined the military. So I had a, a few years in the military. Um, so can, you talk, can you talk about that? Or you brushed over that very quickly there, which makes me think straight away SAS. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was never, I was never that uh, psychopathic. Um, <laughs> so I, I was uh, eighteen. I joined the Royal Marines. Um, That's still pretty hard. Yeah, it's all right. So I did a few years there, left, uh, and then decided I'd go to university. So I went as a class as a mature student. Although that, you know, that just that word. It shouldn't sit right with yeah, someone. Yeah, you can't say that now anyway, probably, yeah, I would have thought. Probably not, no. So I went to university and, and, and read a degree in philosophy in London, actually. So I, I moved to You're London. not sounding like a mortgage broker, if I can be perfectly honest at this stage. No, you know too much. <laughs> <laughs> You're too clever. So, yeah, so I came to London, did a degree in, did a good degree in philosophy, uh, which I really, I absolutely loved. Um, and then when I, then when uh, university finished, that was just as the... Uh, world economy was collapsing mm-hmm. yep. um so it was kind of then well what's a newly what's a newly <laughs> degreed up philosopher gonna do very little to be fair sit and, sit and ponder it for yeah, a bit, yeah, I yeah. Think, think about it a bit um so i started i started um 
trained to teach. So to teach uh, kind of uh, secondary school up to 18. And it was for uh, philosophy, RE and ethics. But then during that period of time, unfortunately, my mum was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, so I needed to really stop that to sort my mum out because my dad was disabled. So my mum was kind of my dad's carer. So then I had to look after both of them. Mm. And thankfully, my mum got better, although she's still suffering the effects of chemotherapy mm. and radiotherapy. And actually, stage you, know, you know, that kind of that kind of the the, the um, legacy of that treatment is is it's better than the alternative mm. but it's still not particularly nice um so anyone that's listening stop smoking <laughs> <laughs> um, so no. yeah so so thankfully so i had to, unfortunately i had to kind of stop uh, training to teach uh to look after mum and then thankfully mum got the all clear uh, but then sadly uh, a month or so afterwards my, my dad passed away um i was only 27 which was not very nice mm. um but at that point in time the very few jobs around all that kind of business and i've been thinking well what am i going to do and from being a young kid i'd because my dad kind of almost like a parody of a of a of an upbringing in the sense of you know from a mining village i played a, a cornet in a brass band it's almost a caricature isn't it yeah, in yeah, some respect in a way yeah, yeah. um but I, I did get i was quite proficient i ended up doing my levels at a school called cheatham's in manchester which is a school for it's it's like musically gifted kids it sounds a bit do you know what I mean? So I was at boarding school, um, so I was always quite proficient yeah. at playing and, and, and playing trumpet and cornet. And I can do. You should have told you to bring it down with you. Yeah, yeah. that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> and I can mess about a little bit on a violin and a, and a piano. Um, anyway, so one of my friends that I was at school in Manchester with uh, a guy called Dan, uh, he was at the time in the in the army as a, as a musician in the Royal Artillery, as it was, um, and said, "Well, there's spaces here. We're looking for a for a new kind of." Corner and trumpet player, another corner and trumpet player. Do you fancy popping down for for an audition? So I was like, well, yeah, fair enough. So I went down, had to get around. When I did a concert with him, I can't remember where it was, but I just went as a civvy, did a concert, um, and they said, yeah, we'll we'll have you. So then I had to go through the rigmarole of applying again. I had to do I had to do basic training again, <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, forearm was forewarned, and it wasn't as bad as the Royal Marines, to be fair. Um, so I then spent uh, a good few years. In the in the Royal Artillery uh, Royal Artillery Band, which was based in Woolwich at the time, um, sadly it was when also uh, that poor guy, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was I, I was there. So unfortunately, one of my friends ended up as a witness for that. Um, so in the in the in the in the in the military as a musician, so kind of travelled about a bit, um, did some stuff on Red Square in Moscow. So I had a bit of a trip to Moscow for a few days. Did some stuff there, which was weird. Uh, got shouted at in. Uh, Lennon's mausoleum almost got arrested there. That was <laughs> touch and go because I didn't realize we can't talk. I don't know if you've ever been to Russia. I have been, I've been to Moscow. I didn't go into uh, Lenin's tomb, I think it was closed at a particular time, but they're very respectful of it. Incredibly, yeah, yeah. And, and we'd all been on the lash the night before, oh, God. um, not really realizing what was what. So it's this massive black granite thing on, on Red Square in front of the Kremlin. Um, so he's kind of marching down, he's plasticized, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit odd. Um, yeah, and, and so I was just chatting, and these guards are like, "What's going off?" And then all of a sudden, it all just kind of kicked off because I was talking. Well, not just me, but because I was the one who was like, "When they it's started, you're someone that could talk a lot." I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I can. Shorter words. <laughs> <laughs> so because I was rabbiting on, and then they kind of started getting a bit aggy, uh, the, the guards, and then that didn't fly sit well with me. So anyway, so anyway, we, we got ourselves out of that situation. So Moscow uh, is quite cool. I did some stuff at the embassy in Algiers. That's a bit of an odd place. Got myself into trouble there as well. Um, 
Where else have I... I'd spot the theme here. Yeah, spot yeah. the theme. Let's get back. When did you get into broking? Because I think we could go around the world here okay. with, with stories of you getting into trouble. So what happened was um, I was I was medically discharged and then with as part and parcel of that, you get a, an, an, an allowance to retrain. And I didn't really know what to do. I hadn't really considered what I would do. And a friend of mine uh, from uni, he's an IFA in London, and said, well, have you considered mortgages? Okay, well, okay. Well, I haven't. What do I need to do? Oh, you do this seam up, and then you can get that, and you know you can make a decent living at it. So it was very, very kind of accidental that mm-hmm. I ended up doing it. Yeah. So the army paid for the the course. Um, I did a I did it in like a fast track thing. I, I can't d- imagine it would be chall- if you're doing a philosophy degree. I don't think seam up would be. I didn't find it particularly difficult. difficult. No, I do think that is a problem. If I'm mm. honest, I did it in two weeks. Yeah, which I don't think should be. In Latin as well, probably. Yeah. No, no one knew. So, so I didn't. I, I do think that the, the the entry point to broken, if I'm honest, is, is probably a little bit. We, we'll get, we can get onto that. I'm yeah. sure we've got lots of points to fix the industry as we go along. Yeah. We'll get back onto that. So when I did my uh, qual, got that done and dusted, and then um, at the time, unfortunately, well, my marriage had broken down. So we were getting divorced. We were very amicable, mm-hmm. but um, you know things being what they were, and we're still friends to this day. Um, so. I decided, well, I know London. I've been based, I was, at, I was at uni in London. I was in the military in London. I thought, well, I know my way around. So I got a, got a job in an agency under um, a network. And I worked around the corner from London Bridge, around the okay. corner from the Shard on Bermsley Street. So that's where I kind of cut my teeth, first role, um, Bit of, bit of a kind of um, baptism of fire because I really didn't probably know not what I was a, doing. Probably not a bad way, though. If you're looking back now, mm. the networks and state agencies are a very good, almost secondary education to, to, to learn the job quite quickly, I yeah. think, because there's generally volume of inquiries coming through. Yeah. Um, uh, and that, that's a great way to sort of learn how to do the job. It is. And I was very, very fortunate. I had a good mentor, a guy called Tom. Um, been a broker for years and years and years and years and years in London. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing and... I was the kind of pad one, really. Um, so he, t- he told me he told me that he told me the ropes, and I was very fortunate. I didn't realise how fortunate until I kind of went off and did did my own thing. How much he had taught me that I thought would be obvious that he didn't realise how much you knew, yeah. or how much he 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 told helped, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then I, I decided. So I worked in various agencies, that kind of stuff. I worked in a brokerage um, in London as well, and then um, I always wanted to do my own thing. So I I, I knew that. When I kind of realised how this kind of job could, where it could go, I thought, well, why do I keep paying away so much to other people that are just making enough money off my back? You know, that's the Marxist race into the top. Yeah, here we go. Only <laughs> um, matter of time. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's when I decided I'd, I'd go it alone um, and set up my own. Uh, which is short financial which services. Is short yeah. yeah, yeah. So I started my first day of trading uh, was. April 1st, 2019. So make it like what you will. <laughs> um, but that was my first day of trading. So I didn't have that all that long in terms of normality before then COVID kicked yeah, in. months, literally. Um, yeah, uh, so until COVID kicked in. But because I was newly self-employed, of course, I wasn't eligible for any uh, support, which thankfully <coughs> I got through. But I only got through because I did the opposite of what everyone was doing. I thought I've got to be, I kind of make a bold move here. So when COVID kicked in, everyone was going, we're going to do Zoom meetings, we're going to do everything on the phone, we're going to do everything digitally. And everyone's locked down. I thought, I'm sure people are still going to want to see people face to face. And actually, everyone's now not doing that. Mm. So I thought, right, it's kind of, you know, all bust. <laughs> and 
thought, right, I'll go and get an office. don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> so I just thought, I'll go and get an office in town in Mansfield, um, which then, because everyone else, because I was then flowing against the... Yeah, 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 you stood against, out. Yeah, I stood out, and then that kind of really put me on the map because I got loads of business because I actually I want to come... Everyone's doing this Zoom, so I don't want to do that. I want to come see you. Can I come and see you? Yeah, of course you can. And thankfully, my office was... The, the office I'd got is the only one they'd, they'd got available at the time. It was enormous. Mm. So in that respect, he's got mm. you know like six double-sized windows. So people could come in and we'd got all the space in the world. Socially distanced. Yeah, so it could all yeah. be socially distanced and I disinfected and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's really what put me on the map. Uh, and I was fortunate that, that that got me through COVID, established me, and then the rest is history, I suppose. It's quite interesting because rel- relatively you're quite new into the industry compared to some people that we've spoken to previously. Um, you know, you've only been a couple of years, two or three years. In the uh, so, so on my own since 2019, in the industry since 2015. Yeah. Okay. So, what I mean, what what are you identifying in the industry at the moment? You, you you're always very vocal on. Uh, we'll get onto the marketing side in a minute as well. But you're always quite vocal about stuff. That's probably your background. Um, uh, what what are you seeing in the industry right now that you think actually we can improve this? I, I do think there's. Um... I, I, I sometimes I'm concerned at the, the level of knowledge. Some, but not, I mean, this is going to cause waves, isn't it? No matter what I do, but you know, <laughs> I do. I, so. I do think some people. I do think that. Well, so the, the big thing is, I think the entry level is is probably too low, and I was a beneficiary of that. Mm. So I, you know, perhaps they'll want to call me a hypocrite. That's fine, but I do think it's too low. I don't think from from the questions I see on social media or or you know whatever it might be. I think there's obviously not enough support and training and development that, that goes into people despite this kind of CPD element that we have to do. Mm. Um, I don't think that the the current qualification teaches you anything about do I mean we learn about IHT we learn about endowments with about with about uh, unit trusts and and, and and one thing and another and the tax treatment and of course that's important as a background but there's far too much on that and not enough on how do you actually do the job? How do you genuinely do that? Because, I mean, you know, I'm sure you two guys, you've got years and years of experience on me. But for me, even now, most days is a, learn- is a school day. Absolutely. Pick, oh, it is for us. Yeah, don't get me wrong there. Day, yeah. You know? I, I think, think the thing is with it, there, there's a lot of um, a lot of parties that are involved within the UK mortgage industry that have, got, have had it too easy for too long. Mm. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. There's a lot of networks that basically... Uh, basically charge premium prices for Poundland service mm-hmm. and don't actually give the support that they're there to give to people in order to grow. The, the, if they want to grow a business, they should be there to support them and to give them the accurate information they need it when they need it. There's too many of them now, then now I think, who are just looking at the bottom line on the spreadsheet in terms of what individual brokerages are producing without without actually seriously contributing to their generation of income. Yeah. I also think that leads to low standards yeah. as a result. Um, I think they're too low. You'd be surprised at some of the numbers that you, you see out there. I mean, we've had a boom time in this industry mm. for four or five years now, COVID or otherwise. Um, I think I think standards are, are quite low uh, in some aspects. I think, you know, maybe if the industry does go through a bit of a, a rough 12 months, a bit of a challenging time. That might be a, a natural shakeout. We had that in 07, 08, yeah. 09. Might be time for another rotation of uh, yeah. of people. So it'd be interesting, you know, having this conversation in a year's time where we are with it. But um, um, 
Lewis, you, you do a lot of work in in, in the media, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, are you a celebrity? <laughs> Have I gone too far with that? Maybe, not, maybe. Well, maybe, maybe in my family, maybe in my family, I am <laughs> in your house. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Where, where I live with my dog. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> well, look. I mean, but, I think it's interesting because we're talking about Dom here because he's got a great concept with Newspage, and you've really latched onto that. Um, so we see you cropping up a lot, not just in trade press, but were you not recently on ITV News or Sky News as well? Yeah. So ITV and Sky have been two radio, uh, TV bits, and then I did a bit for Global Radio as well. Um, but then it's also kind of mainstream publications. And I, I stumbled across a uh, news page by accident. Uh, I can't even remember now where I actually saw it, but I saw it, signed up, thought that seems like a good idea. Um, and then it just kind of took off. And I I, I think Dom and I are two sides of a very similar coin mm. in our kind of outlook about the world. He's a philosopher. In general, well. yeah. Um, and I think he likes that... I'm happy to be the contrarian. I'm happy to be the one that puts my head above the parapet. And I've always been like that. Mm. If I've got something to say, I'm not out there to cause offence directly. I'm not out there to, to, you know, just shock for the sake of shocking. But I will say what what I think. But I think that's important, bearing in mind that it does feel sometimes that we're in some sort of echo chamber. You've got the same people saying the same things that have been, mm. they've been saying it for 15 years yeah. now. And nothing's really changing. Nothing's, yeah. you know, it's just cut and paste journalism in yeah. some respects so it's quite refreshing to see someone come out and, and and be contrarian yeah and say something different have you seen a positive impact on your business because of this i've not seen well i've had i in fact recently i i had a i had a uh, a gentleman con- contact me from all the way kind of down in the in the west country uh wanting equity release because he'd, he'd read a quote of mine in the I think it was the Express, the Daily Express, oh, which never, is not. Which, never mind. Other yeah. other publications are available. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it was the Express or the Mail, one of the two. Um, and I said, look, actually, you know, you're going to better off. You better with, with regards to equity release. You're better off searching for someone in your local area that you can see face to face that can go through us rather than me dealing dealing with it afar. You know, that's not going to be a good service for you. So I just kind of pointed him in the right direction rather than took the case because mm. it would have been. So what, for what, what's What's the motivation for you to do it? Because it can be time. I've I've gone down that rabbit hole. You you can end up commenting for lots of different things, lots of different yeah. people. Not all of it gets taken up. I think you've mm. done this as well in the past, you and you spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is with it, the, there's lots of different things that can come back. The, the weird thing for me is there's one particular one which I still get phone calls about above all else, and that's Japanese knotweed. <laughs> I did a did a piece once, good band, for, yeah, for an industry magazine about it because I was finding there was complete differences between lender opinion on it. So I wrote a piece and it got published. And since th- that, for some reason, that got picked up by Google and then reposted on all these different property websites. It's still echoing now. Years yeah, later. yeah, I'm still getting phone calls about it and just saying, well, what, what, what's the current situation and this type of thing. But that's the thing. It's very much a the side benefit I think of all of the comment is the Google profile. Because if somebody searches for your company name, and those articles are going to ping up straight away. Yeah, and that's that's where the benefit of yeah. of putting the time in where it comes from. Because I don't think generally there are going to be that many clients who will read an article unlike the one that you've said, where they'll pick up a phone as a result of it. But it's when they see your name again, and then they Google you, and then suddenly then you've got all these bits coming up. That really is when I think you see the the benefit of doing those those sort of pieces. Hundred percent, agree with that. Absolutely. 
Okay. And what about the industry at the moment? Well, I mean, you're, you're sort of, is it East Midlands? Yeah, so Nottingham, yeah, Nottinghamshire. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. what are you seeing in your market at the moment locally? Because uh, it's always an interesting debate because sometimes, again, people down in London can see one side of the market. Um, people up in Yorkshire can see a different side. What's your local market like at the moment? So the, 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 the two things that are causing problems, we've got uh, a, shortage, a chronic shortage of, of, of stock. Mm. So a chronic shortage of stock is, is the biggest barrier for most people uh, and the second thing is we have seen some down valuations so it's, it's, it's a combination of shortage of shock and, and down valuations we, we, that's what that's the they're the main barriers at the moment that said the down valuations I believe the ones that have occurred that I've seen personally are fair I don't think there's anything wrong with it is it a big we say I mean what we talk about 10 percent five percent between seven and ten Okay, so is it over enthusiastic estate agents and vendors, or people bidding higher themselves because they're so desperate for the property? That's the difficulty, isn't it? I had one recently; it was at twenty six percent. Crikey, down valuation. Yeah, but the funny thing was, we didn't appeal it because I thought, well, I've only had one appeal ever turned ever turned in like twenty odd years. Mm. So we changed lender. Lender sense of value or out values it at purchase price. Now that drives me crazy because you look at that and you think well to be honest they've they've both got to assess it in the same way with the same comparables or similar comparables yeah yeah how look at the draw with the valuer that on the day you can do nothing about it that's the problem and it's the the worst such a regulated market to have such diversity on the actual cost of the asset yeah that all these regulations there support yeah it makes a bit well the the trouble is as well is that even if you do start going down the appeals process who judges whether it's a valid appeal or not? The same valuer who did the first valuation. Who doesn't want to be proved wrong. Yeah. But they're never going to mark their own homework, are they, and say no. they got it wrong? So from that perspective, I think the lenders need to step up and, and in some respects stop to giving the valuers so much power. And if the client is willing to pay for an independent valuation for it to be challenged, that should be allowed. So subjective, though, isn't it? That's it the is. problem. And that's, that's proof of that, that example there. 26% swing is a very subjective mm. result for a problem, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, what's the future hold for, for Lewis Financial Services? The, the man and the brand? The man and the myth. <laughs> <laughs> um, more of the same. Uh, more of the same. More of the same. Uh, there, is, there is a project coming down the line. But at this moment in time, I'm going to keep that under. I'm not going to say anything much oh, about that. So it's it's a new business venture. But at the moment in time, you know, it'll it'll come to fruition hopefully. But I don't want to preempt it. Mm. I don't want to jinx myself. In all honesty. Okay. Good. Well, look, uh, Lewis, it's been great. It, it, thank you so much for coming down today. I appreciate yeah, really just following you on Twitter today. It, it did look like agony. I thought you were going to end up rowing down the coast of <laughs> England at some point to get here, and you've made the effort, which is really good, and really appreciate that. And actually, you're very you're an interesting person. Thank you very much. Uh, which, which you can't say often about people in the industry. <laughs> Let's be honest, can you? Exactly. But anyone, anyone that's come out of you know, effectively born out of the coal pits of of uh, of the north, I think will always have my respect. Um, and then to do join the Marines, uh, do a philosophy degree, it's everything that mm. you know most mortgage brokers aren't. So it's it's great to have some sort of personality in the industry. So good luck with that going forward. Thank Speaking you. of which, you know the dinner party yes. game, all right? Yes. So it's at the Elm Experience dinner party. Uh, I'm nominated driver. Okay. Stu's doing the washing up. All right. Yeah. The and guests. Dave Lamb doing the voiceover like on Come Dine With Absolutely, okay. yeah. <laughs> so the, the guest list is yours. Right. Four people, two living, two dead. Okay. I've got a feeling these are going to be eclectic to say the least. We might have to go and Google these afterwards, Stu. Okay. Right. Well, the first two, so the, the first two you probably won't. So the live ones would be Yanis Varoufakis, 
the Greek economist. Google that one, Stuart. No, no, I know he is. He, yeah, yeah that, I won't say what the first came know, to my know, head. Actually. He came out of the Greek, the, the Greek Euro crisis. He, yeah, he was on, he was on Question ago, Time and all sorts, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He did lots of yeah. discussion points about it. Yeah, so Yanis Varoufakis, who's an economist. Uh, the second one would be, would be Rory Stewart. The oh, ex, yeah, ex-Tory uh, candidate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. should have been PM. Yes. <sighs> Missed opportunity, potentially. Very much so, I, I believe. Um, which will, a lot of people that know me will probably think that's a, an old thing. For, what's, for the, what's the motivation for those two? Yanis um, is an incredibly uh, uh, you know, powerful intellect when it comes to uh, uh, politics and economics specifically, uh, as, is, as I think uh, Rory Stewart is. So I think they would be good too, because Yanis is, is pretty heavily uh, left-wing, um, Rory was is kind of centre centre right, so I think that'd be that is just some balance there. So balance yeah. there, mm. and then the, the the people that would be dead. Um, so the first one is my kind of philosophical hero, Ludwig Wittgenstein, who was a an, an Austrian philosopher, um, kind of changed the shape in my opinion. Early existentialist. Uh, you would you would consider yeah, you, I would yeah. think you'd consider that yeah, um, kind of one of the last of the kind of polymaths almost. He kind of got such a broad. Jump in whenever he wants to on this Fine, conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. absorbing absorbing <laughs> at the moment. And then the final one would be a a, a Indian mathematician that passed away um, because of having born been born in India and growing up in kind of with dysentery uh, that studied he ended up studying at, at Cambridge um, with G.H. Hardy a guy called uh, Srinivasa Ramanujan who's kind of almost like a um, what's the word when they when, when people are like un- unbelievably like bright savant yes yeah kind mm-hmm. of savant like with maths where he could kind of he, he, see numbers that no one else yeah can. so so he kind of came up with uh, with theorems he said they just appeared to him through the words of God. He wrote them down. He, d- he couldn't prove them, but when he kind of showed them to J.H. Hardy, they fetched him from India because they said, where's this coming from? This was kind of groundbreaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote thousands and thousands of pages at Cambridge. It was before the, the First World War. Um, and it was just an incredibly, um, incredibly, incredible intellect that sadly passed away uh, far too young. And I suspect that... He would have had. He would solve certain problems that probably would make a big difference. In sort today. of Stephen Hawking's type of territory we in here. Just like I'd, I'd say above that. If I'm really, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a claim and a half, isn't it? There's a brilliant mm. film uh, about it called. Um, it's with Dev Patel called The Man Who Knew Infinity. Okay, brilliant yeah. film. Yeah, really, really good. Because these savants are very interesting. Because I was watching a documentary the other day about these people that can do pi to you know twenty six thousand yeah, yeah. places. Yeah. can learn Icelandic, which is one of the hardest languages mm. in the world, within a week. Mm. Just the, the brain's an amazing thing yeah. that you know we're trying to map the moon and actually you know yeah can't even map ourselves map yeah 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 it's crazy isn't it well, interesting dinner party that one who's doing the jokes can't see many um, you're gonna play the corner in the corner i'll i'll i'll, I'll do i'll knock out a few uh <laughs> few classic brass band tunes something like off uh, off brass off uh, <laughs> yeah the full monty as well yeah, yeah just to yeah. finish it full monty in fact, a little bit of that was filmed in the village born in that's an right. interesting fact, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, actually, actually, you mentioned, sorry, uh, about 1966. So one of the World Cup scorers, um, who was one Pickles. of Pickles? No. No, that's the only story I know. Uh, Wilson? Uh, yeah, Harold Ray Wilson. Wilson. So he's from Shybrook, down by Village, yeah. Because he, when he retired, he was a funeral director, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So... I know well, you always get something different with the Adam experience. <laughs> Don't know if any of it makes sense, but ne- I, I'm ne- enjoying next it. Next month, it's one it wonders from the 1980s. <laughs> one it wonders, yeah, from the 80s. Right, brilliant. Uh, Lewis, thanks for coming down. Really enjoyed that. Lovely. Love to meet you. Thank you very much. That's great. Cheers, Lewis. Um, so that's episode 66 of the LM experience. If you'd like to come on a future episode, you can do so. You just need to make contact with us through Twitter and our face at our page. We haven't got a Facebook page, have we? No, we haven't. No. Um, at the LM experience. And uh, we're also on Instagram as well. 
Are we? Yeah. All the mod cons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at us. Friends Reunited, run that? No, not quite. No, quite. Um, so we'll be back soon with more episodes. Brilliant. Thanks, Lewis. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party. And your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it. Yeah.